In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The word of God came to John in the wilderness. The word of God has quite a history in the scriptures. It is the word of God that spoke creation into existence out of chaos. By his word, all things came into being. The word of God brings life, blessing, meaning. Everything that is from the word of God is goodness and for love. And then there is the word of the serpent. The very first false word, a lie, a deception, fake news from the very beginning. And the word of God has always, in some ways, ever since been competing with other words, false words. That's been going on for a long time. Well, sometimes I wonder if Jesus himself came back and straightened out his word on hot-button issues, whether people would change their mind or not. I wonder about that. We can get pretty entrenched in what we think is the right word. Nevertheless, how do we hear the word of God? One way that we hear the word of God is we heed the words of the prophets because God has sent prophets to us over and over again. There's an Old Testament line of prophets who were spirit bearers. They were filled with the spirit of the Lord. They were people who could speak the word of God. And they said, thus says the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God. And these prophets usually said, you better watch out. You're getting off the path. You're headed into dangerous territory. As the covenant people, you're headed for judgment. And guess what? Lots of people did not want to hear those words. But those were the words of God through the real prophets But there were also false prophets. The Old Testament is full of false prophets. And the false prophets almost always said, don't worry about it. Things are going to be fine. It's all going to be okay. It's all going to be goodness and light and things are going to work out. But that's not true. It was not true. Because not only did God create the world from his word... Not only was there then the false word of the serpent, the covenant people walked with God. They were given the law. They were given all of the stipulations of the covenant, and they kept getting off the path. They kept worshiping other gods. They kept doing exactly what God said not to do. And the prophets would say, if you continue in that, there will be judgment. And then there was judgment. Because they were speaking the word of God. And God's people 
were wiped out. And anybody who was any good was taken to foreign countries twice in judgment because they didn't heed the word of God. Now, they have come back from exile, they have rebuilt the temple, and there's a rumor going around that the Spirit of the Lord did not fill that temple as it did in the days of old. And there's political chaos because they're not even a free people. Rome is ruling over them directly. There's a bunch of vassal kings that are a part of the mix, and their high priests are in such disorder, they just go from one to the other. The high priest of Israel is supposed to serve for a lifetime. And apparently in a span of about 50 years, there's 26 of them. So their own house is not in order. People are concerned. They're under oppression. Their own system is breaking down. Their religious leaders are all messed up. And they're wondering what on earth is happening. And the word of God came to John in the wilderness. That's what comes next. And people flocked out to see John and to hear John. And people from different religious orders, people from different classes came and they heard the word of God preached through John because John said this, you have to prepare yourselves and your hearts and your lives for the coming of the king. Because the fulfillment of Israel is on its way, and Jesus, who now we know as the last prophet, the priest and the victim, and the king, the Messiah himself, is coming. And John said, you need to receive a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of your sins. And even though baptism was really for Gentiles to come into the faith of Israel, John said, it doesn't matter that you say that Abraham is your father, you are still in jeopardy because the Lord is coming. It was a warning. And people went out and they received that baptism. And they sought in their minds and hearts and their lives and they found where they needed to repent and they confessed and they repented and they waited. And that's what is happening in our gospel today. And so John gives the word of the Lord to them. It's interesting that so many people came out. There must have been something about John in his own holiness that attracted people. John had spent decades in the wilderness living an ascetic life, learning to tame his own passions, learning to tame his own will, listening to God so he could hear God in order that he could do God's will. And when God called, John was ready. John had many, many followers. In fact, in the Gospels, they make a point to say that, in fact, 
John's not the one. He was so awesome, people thought, this is the one. But John would say, no, it's not me, it's Jesus. And in fact, when Paul went on his missionary journeys up into Turkey, into Ephesus, he found 12 people that were baptized by John the baptizer. And then they received Christian baptism, baptism into Christ, because this baptism of John was just for the repentance of sin to be ready to receive the king when the king came. Well, the words of John continued to still echo across the waters of time to us. Because even though we as people who have received the prophet, the priest and victim and King Jesus, we still also need to be prepared to stand before the coming king, to receive the king. We need to, in this time of Advent, slow down long enough and go deep enough inside of ourselves to find those places where we need to give up, to let go to mend, to change, to ask God's spirit to heal us, to ask for help. Because we can't be like those people in John's day that said, we have Abraham as our father, we don't need to listen to you. We're members in good standing, you know, I know this television preacher, I give him money and I've got to be okay. And, you know, we all have our ways of saying, I'm, I'm in the club. I don't have to pay attention to you. Advent calls us to go deeper, to slow down, to prepare. It's for our own good. It's so that we can have more joy, more blessing, more participation in the life of God. It's so in the liturgy we can, without shame or fear, rejoice to behold the appearing of the King. That's what this is about. So don't hear the words of John, don't hear my words for sure, as something to resist or to say, I don't, I don't, I don't need that laid on me. That, that sounds like judgment and shame and all of that. Think of it like this. Think of it as the words of a coach. Because no professional athlete is sad when their coach tells them that they're off. That they need to change their swing. They need to change something that they're doing. They have to work harder. They have to go deeper. They have to push themselves. Why? So that person who is the athlete who has prepared, given him or herself for years to that sport, can find the highest fulfillment. That they can stay in the game and win the prize. So we don't have to hear these words of go deeper, repent, look at your life, pray, stop, let go, forgive. We don't have to hear those things in a negative light. We should actually hear those as words of God, words of love 
for our own good and for our own benefit. Because that's the way that we receive them now because we have the prophet, the priest and victim and the king himself who has given all things to us because of his love and for his love. And so, let us hear the word of God. Let us hear the words of John and be prepared to receive and rejoice in our coming King Jesus. Amen.